My name is Paul Ryan and I am founder of gpconsult.co.uk. I work as both a pharmacist and as a GP and I am passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics. I enjoy making international guidelines relevant to those of us in primary care. So this is the fifth podcast on rosacea and in today's podcast I'm going to talk about how we diagnose rosacea and we diagnose it either if the patient has one diagnostic feature or if they have two major clinical features. And the other learned outcome from today's podcast is the differential uh, diagnosis of rosacea. So first of all, how do we diagnose rosacea? It is Rosacea is a clinical diagnosis, so there's no test required. So it's diagnosed if the patient has one diagnostic feature or else two major clinical features. So the one diagnostic feature is either phimetis change or persistent erythema. So phimetis change, we know it most commonly affects the nose. Or else the second diagnostic feature um, is persistent erythema. So we know this is centrofacial distribution, which worsens in response to triggers. So you need just one of either phimetis change or persistent erythema and you diagnose rosacea. The major clinical features, there are four major clinical features and you just need two of these for the diagnosis. Number one, the flush, flushing or transient erythema. Number two, inflammatory papules and pustules. Number three, telangiectasia. So mainly in the centrofacial area, not just the alar area. And the final one is ocular involvement. So I'll go over them again. So number one, flushing or transient erythema. Number two, inflammatory papules and pustules. Number three, telangiectasia. And number four, ocular involvement. So I need two of them. Uh, you can diagnose rosacea. Now what about the differential diagnosis of rosacea? So I suppose if we want to think about what's the differential diagnosis of a spotty red face. So number one, seborrheic dermatitis. So this is a, where the patient has salmon pink appearance um, of, of the skin and the centrofacial area with superficial yellow greasy scales. Now the, this tends to affect the nasolabial folds, the eyebrows, the glabaral area and the retroauricular skin. It is um, our own response to Pterosporum ovale and hence it will respond to topical antifungals, um, mainly ketoconazole cream and shampoo. So I usually tell the patients to rub in the shampoo dry into their scalp and their forehead area just before they go, you know, about half an hour before they go into the shower. If the patient uses steroid, so such as Dactacort, it may actually cause perioral dermatitis, which is the red skin with papules and pustules. So it's maybe best to, to use nisoral cream rather than Dactacort. The second differential diagnosis is of rosaceous folliculitis. And this is where the patient has inflamed hair follicles um, so folliculitis can occur anywhere uh, in the body where there are hairs. And it, uh, just remember, it can actually coexist with rosacea. The third differential diagnosis of rosacea is acne vulgaris. And the interesting thing is the inflammatory lesions, so the papules and pustules, may actually look identical. 
but there are comedones present with acne vulgaris, you know, both uh, closed comedones and open comedones, and there's also, uh, whereas a rosacea, there are no comedones, and there is also scarring with acne vulgaris, unlike rosacea. And there are typical exacerbating factors with rosacea, with rosacea, such as alcohol and sunlight, which is unlike acne vulgaris, really. But just to remember, both may actually coexist. Now, the final differential diagnosis of rosacea, I mentioned it already, is the periorificial dermatitis. And this is, um, is actually a distant cousin of rosacea, but you have multiple small papules with fine scale. It spares the skin around the vermilion border. You can have perioral, periorbital or perinasal involvement. If topical steroids are used, well then the patient may actually develop pustules on top of these um, papules. So the treatment is to stop all creams, so zero therapy we call it, slow withdrawal with topical corticosteroids, and more severe cases the patient may actually need oral lemocycline for six weeks. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found it useful. And I'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast.